Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about creating value as a leader. With me today is William Attaway, leadership coach for Catalytic Leadership, LLC, a company he founded to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Welcome, William. Mike, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on your show today. To get us started, can you talk a little bit about your concept of catalytic leadership? Sure. When I went to college, I went as a pharmacy major and uh, started going through chemistry classes and got into uh, organic chemistry. And that was the point at which I decided that this was not the career path that uh, I thought it was. <laughs> so I had to change that pretty quickly. But in my brief chemistry studies, I discovered the power of a catalyst. A catalyst is something that you introduce to incite significant change. And I think that is something that will make a leader's heart beat faster. Leaders love to bring change, to incite change, to lead change. And so catalytic leadership is about that. It's about becoming a leader that moves from where we are to where we think we should be organizationally and individually. Yeah, I couldn't agree more that being a leader is all about inspiring and leading change. We talk about that all the time in our executive programs. Now, the challenge, of course, is that leading change is, is rather difficult. So how can leaders build their skills uh, in leading change? You know, I think, I think it is a skill, like you say, and, and just like any skill, it, it can and should be developed. I think the, the challenge for any leader is understanding how much change is, is too much and how fast is too fast. I'll often use the, the, the analogy of rubber band, right? You can take a rubber band and you can pull it and you can stretch it. But if you pull too far and stretch too much, what happens? Pot, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden it's useless. It's not what it was intended to be. Part of leading change is understanding how far you can stretch. And then you have to relax a little bit and let it go back and then stretch it a little bit more the next time and then back a little bit and then stretch it a little bit more the next time and then back a little bit. I think that's part of the skill of leading change, understanding how far you can lead before you need to throttle back a little bit and give people time to acclimate to that before you lead forward again. Yeah, I used to work for a leader who talked about uh, the danger of uh, change for sport. Some people get so into change, <laughs> some leaders get so into it that it becomes a sport to them as opposed to being a little thoughtful, like you're saying about you know, how, how much can we stretch and then yeah. how do we normalize and then get back to it again. Sticking with that theme though of uh, you know, improving individual skills and continuous improvement, one of the things we talk about in many of our programs is that research shows Many leaders get to a certain level of proficiency, and then for whatever reason, they stop working to develop themselves. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this phenomenon, and what should leaders be doing? I think leaders are learners at their heart, at their core. And one of the things that I look for in a leader is a teachable spirit. That means they realize they don't know it all, and they're constantly learning how do I get better? We go through an evaluation process with pretty much everything we do in the organization I lead. And part of that is asking three questions. What went right? What went wrong? And how do we make it better next time? And, and that process, I think, reflects at a leader level, what does it mean to get better and remain teachable? Developing an intentional growth plan is something I talk about a lot. And I think it's important for every leader to do that. You choose how you're going to get better, whether it's the books you read, the podcasts like this one that you listen to, to be exposed to different and new ideas. All these things are part of a plan that you put together. The people that you learn from, they're not just like you, I hope. I hope they're people that are different than you, right? So that you can benefit 
from ideas that are not just inside of your bubble. Yeah, I like the idea of a, kind of a personal after action review, if I, if I may talk about AARs a lot uh, more in the context of a project or an initiative mm-hmm. in an organization. Thinking about doing it for yourself is key. And in your opinion, are there any must-have items for that personal development plan? I think the weekly review is a piece of that. And that's individually where we'll take that after-action review and we'll apply it individually. What did I learn this week? What did I learn about myself? What did I learn about my leadership? What did I learn about the team that I lead or the organization that I'm a part of? What did I learn about the community we're in and the world that we live in? Uh, What went right this week? What, what decisions would I make again, just like that? And what didn't? And what would I do differently next time? All of that review process individually as a leader is part of getting better. Uh, we talk about evaluation a lot. And, and there's this idea that experience is what makes you better. I think that's completely wrong. Experience does not make you better. Evaluated experience is what makes you better. And that weekly review process for me and for the leaders that I coach and lead, that's a, that's a non-negotiable. You're going to have to go through that. You're going to have to walk through and capture what you're learning so that you can apply it in the future and get better. Taking this concept a little further, creating a personal leadership growth plan is an awesome first step to develop your skills and, and to keep moving forward. Uh, as I like to say it on your leadership journey, many of those leaders, as I think you're alluding to, are getting tapped on the shoulder to work on all these big initiatives and they struggle to keep up with the pace of everything that's going on around them. As a result, those leadership plans, whether it's personal plans uh, to develop themselves, sometimes fall to the wayside. Yeah. So how do you work with others to create and, and maintain momentum so they don't drift back into the status quo? I've joked for a long time with the old saw that, you know what the, the reward for a job well done is, right? More work, more responsibility, right? And that's yes. often what leaders find. Like you do a good job, hey, you get more, more responsibility, more to do. And, and the temptation is that you're so in the weeds tactically that you never have an opportunity to pull back and take a larger perspective. That's what I help clients do. When I'm coaching them, I help them to regularly and consistently pull back and make sure they're not negotiating away their own personal growth for objectives that they're trying to accomplish at work. Uh, it's music to my ears. And just as important it is to develop yourself, another key aspect of leadership is building that next generation of leaders, right? Creating teams and people who are going to follow in your footsteps. Uh, So you can move on and they can move on as well, Uh, hopefully within the organization, of course. So what do you look for when you're evaluating a new hire? You know, I've used for a long time the framework that I call the five C's, and I built this on the shoulders of other people. Uh, My five C's are things that I and the team that I lead, we're looking for when we're looking at bringing somebody onto our team. The the five C's simply are, first, do they have a competency to do what it is that we're asking them to do? They don't have to be perfect at it. There should be room for growth. But there's a certain level of competency we need for somebody to do this job, and I need to make sure they have that. Uh, is there a chemistry with the rest of the people on the team? Uh, you know, we like to work with people we like to work with. Does that mean we're all the same, that we're similar? No, but we can appreciate each other's differences. And there is simply a chemistry that happens with a team. And sometimes if somebody comes in and, and that chemistry is just not there, that's going to create far more problems than you want. So that's something that we look for. So competency, we look for chemistry. Uh, we look for a culture fit. 
right? Every organization has DNA, it has a specific culture, and every individual leader has their own definition of culture for them. And if you get a mismatch there, and that's going to be painful. <laughs> you don't want that. That's going to make a short-term hire in the long run. Uh, so, so you look for chemistry. We look for competency. We look for a culture fit. Uh, I look for calling, which in my context, leading in the local church, what that means is that you are called to this work. Uh, because if you're not, you're going to leave when it gets hard. And it always gets hard. In a business context, that's going to mean, hey, am I committed to the mission of this organization? Or is this just a, a J-O-B to me that I'm going to leave as soon as somebody offers me more money or better hours or better benefits? There has to be a commitment level. And so we choose if we're going to do that or not. We choose if we're going to be committed or in my case called. That's an option. That's a choice. And so we evaluate that really pretty rigorously. Uh, it's, it's very important as I'm walking through these seas to understand Hey, is this, is this a good fit, not just for our organization, but for this individual? What I don't want is for one of them, you know, somebody to come onto our team and feel like, man, if I'd only known, I want to lay all that out up front. I want to be as transparent as humanly possible. Hey, this is who we are. This is why this matters. Uh, so that we both can make the best decision we possibly can. And the last C is character. Uh, character matters a great deal in my environment, but I would argue character matters a great deal in every environment. And if you don't think that's true, just check out the front page of the news and you'll see leaders who ended up in a ditch because of a character issue that was never addressed or that was swept under the rug or people around them said, oh, well, that's just how they are. Yeah, character has to be dealt with directly. And during the hiring process, if we see any red flags on any of those five C's, that's a reason to stop. I think you're spot on with your five C's and, you know, I, I can even point the finger out myself. There's been times where yeah, I've had the competency uh, within, or, within an organization, but maybe that chemistry or wasn't quite a hundred percent culture fit. It, it needs to be as exact as you can uh, for yeah. it to work for everybody, especially yourself. So great advice there. Once you have that team on board, what should you be doing as a leader to help them out and to help the organization? The concept of servant leadership is not new. And it's one that's been talked about in business circles for decades upon decades now. Robert Greenlee's book on servant leadership was a, kind of the flagship for the longest time. And so much has been written by Patrick Lencioni and others around this topic. Lencioni even argues that that is the actual only type of leadership. There is no other kind, because if it's not servant leadership, you should call it something else. I think he's right. This idea of servant leadership means that I am, as a leader, committed to and focused on serving those I lead. When I do my one-on-ones with my direct reports every week, when I'm meeting with my teams and, and I'm, I'm listening to them, my goal is to lift and empower them as much as humanly possible to serve them and what they need to do what it is that we're asking them to do. If I'm doing that, I think I'm giving them the best possible shot I can to succeed. That's going to help not only that individual leader, but the organization as a whole. I love the concept of servant leadership and Mr. Greenleaf and Mr. Lancioni do get uh, some references quite a bit in, uh, in a lot of what we talk about when we're working with leaders to help them uh, and such. And yeah, coaching intentionally, that's, uh, that's, that's really smart. Uh, what final advice do you have for our audience before we wrap up this episode? Yeah, I think the word you just used is the, is the one word I use probably more than any other, and that is intentionality. I think that nobody is going to wake up one day and say, oh, wow, I'm a fully matured leader. I don't know how that happened. I didn't mean for that to happen, but here I am. It takes intentionality. It takes being purposeful in your growth. 
So my final advice would be, you need to focus on this. You need to, to say, this is going to be a priority in my life and be intentional about it and do whatever it takes to make your own personal growth and development a major priority in your life. That is going to bear fruit, not just this week, but weeks and years to come. Make a time. It's so important. And it should be the first thing you make time for instead of giving that away to priorities or other things that, that come in because yeah, you need to develop yourself so you can be better and make everybody around you better. Absolutely. Well, William, thanks so much for, for taking some time out today and, and talking with me and the audience about catalytic leadership and how leaders can create value by developing themselves and others around them and implementing change, of course. If people are interested in hearing more from you, where can they go? You can get information about the coaching that I provide for leaders and executives at catalyticleadership.net. And for your audience, I would love to offer them a free copy of this book that I just released called Catalytic Leadership this year. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com and you cover the cost of shipping so I can get that book to you, I'd love to put that in the mail and put it in as many hands as I can. My goal is to help leaders get better intentionally. Oh, William, that's a, that's a generous offer. Thank you so much. And uh, I know I'm going to be taking you up on that. So I hope other, our listeners do as well. And for our listeners, I will include that link in the description of this episode for easy access. And in closing, I'd like to just take a quick second here and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.